go. All right, episode 001. Let's do this. Of the Young Repubs. Okay, this is Mike Black and Ben Bessendorfer here. Ben, you want to kind of kick us off and yeah. Sure. Yeah. So like Mike said, I'm Ben, uh, 28 years old. Uh, we, we met through the army, through the national guard and decided that, uh, we need to make a, make a difference. We're, we're up and comers as far as the political stuff goes. Neither of us have really been old enough to even run for politics until now. And so we're, we're excited to hop on this, uh, hop on this train and see if we can make a change for, for you as Americans. Yep. Hence the young repubs, young Republicans tag. So, okay. So I was thinking about this all day about like, cause we need like a good intro, right? And like a good intro, whatever. And I was thinking about all like things here and there. And where is it? I created a little intro demo. Let's see. I, I want you to listen. My wife listened to it. She thought it was ridiculous, but I want to see what you think. Yeah, let's hear this. Let's hear this. Okay. Let me turn up my volume. There we go. Okay, you ready? Let's go. They're kind of young, but really, they're just angry. And yet, they're reasonable Republicans. bam that's when i like what up young repub crew <laughs> that's right the angry young repubs we're tired of seeing our country get torn to pieces oh man i don't know what do you think i like it i like it okay i can clean it up but that's that's a demo of what we could possibly do exactly it's a demo we'll clean it up we'll get something good for these guys i had a lot of fun with that i thought it was ridiculous but <laughs> okay so I, I kind of created a video and I'm going to post on uh, Facebook kind of the podcast and that we're that we're starting our first podcast and we're talking about term limits and voting integrity. That's kind of what was on the docket. And so I don't know, term limits. What are your thoughts on this idea of term limits? I think there's so much that goes into the term limits. Um, But at the same time, I think I think something needs to be established for any elected official mm -hmm. to have a term limit. I think Supreme Court, where it's appointed, is a little bit different. Um, they didn't necessarily have or even want that desire to get in that position in the first place, where they're selected by the president of the United States to get put in that position. I think it shows a little bit more uh, integrity um, as far as, as that actual, uh, appointed position, but elected officials, I mean, you look at Congress right now and how many of them have been in office for 15 years or longer. There's a good majority of them that have been in that position for way too long where they're no longer speaking for the people that they represented. They might be speaking for the people they represented when they got elected the first time but things have changed times are changing 
And I think politics or as far as elected officials should also change. I agree, but like kind of, uh, there, there are even these Republicans or politicians that the second they get in the office, they, they go out outside of what the people want. Like Liz Cheney, I don't know if you've been following what's been going on with her. She, this is her first time in office and man, she just completely disappointed her, her voting pool. And they're wanting yeah. this is her first time in, in elected office, uh, federal election. I don't know anything else about her background, but it's just they're the the brashness of these these politicians that feel like they don't represent the people. The people they use the people to to get in the office and then it feels like they just go off and do whatever they want. They they run their own agendas and they're not. I agree. I agree 100%. And so like, okay, I'm going to challenge this idea though, because it's not a very foreign idea of term limits. It's been brought up here and there and, and it's just, it's always seems to be shot down, but I've kind of had the thought of, could there be some unintended consequences with giving elected officials term limits? Because that, does that put us at a disadvantage with countries like China and Russia whose leaders are there indefinitely, you know? And so they can think long-term because they are there long-term. Whereas we are kind of on this cycle of just every four years, every six years, every two years, it's just kind of a hard reset. Do you think that that kind of puts us at a disadvantage? What are your thoughts on that? that um, no, I, I understand your, your question for sure. Um, if we look back to when they originally wrote the constitution and, and set up the elected parties as far as congress goes there's a reason they did it staggered for the the six years of, of senators and it's so there's your senior senator from each state who by the time the next senator either remains in office or or is removed from office because of the election uh that junior senator now should have a better understanding more qualifications and they can become the senior but then it also goes to why we do that in going with what the people want because you look at i mean right now any type of dictator who knows if their people like them it doesn't matter because they have all the powers so we can't really look at some of these other countries as far as russia china north korea because it doesn't matter what the people want if they don't agree with what the dictator says or the, the the communist party leader says they're just put into some type of camp or killed and if we had that established here in america where the president is in term indefinitely i think that same type of thing would start to happen they would feel like they have that much power for that reason and it's because they do have nobody that can remove them from office at that point okay yeah like i i don't agree obviously i don't agree with it but i was just that's just something that i think that also comes down to just like the two-party system then at this point to where that is what creates this constant reset of policy reset and undoing what the previous administration is doing that's that's the whole point of Joe Biden's like 
a bajillion executive orders that he's been signing is basically to try to undo what the previous administration did. And so I think it would be less of an issue of having term limits because of that unless okay let me let me reset it'd be less of an issue because we could think more long term as a country if we all got on the same freaking page you know because we're not we are definitely not on the same page anywhere which is a huge issue huge issue major issue and i think that might be the bigger issue than i don't know it just it just might be creating a bigger issue than no, I agree with you. This this divide we have with the two-party system is, to me, a bigger issue in creating in the next four years, the next eight years, the next 10 years, a even larger issue than than term limits. And But I think the term limit might be a start to the solution of the two-party system. Maybe not getting rid of the two-party system, but getting rid of that divide between the two-party system. Yeah, because you're getting you you have your old your old politicians republican or democrat and they bring in a a new um i don't even know what you want to call it, a new member of congress uh-huh. right, i'm trying to think of good examples we'll just go off we're going as we're republican and most of our our political points go more conservative so i would agree we're republican but so we'll take Nancy Pelosi and AOC. You have someone who's been in there for a hundred years. Okay, not really. You know, you, you can fact check me all you want because I know I'm wrong on that. It hasn't been a hundred years, 47 years. Okay. I might. Close enough. She looks like she's been in there for 150. <laughs> well, she might have been. But you take someone who's been in there for 47 years and you get a brand new politician who they're who they're gonna look to is going to be the the more senior advisor in whatever political party. But if that political advisor is already scorned towards the other party, as soon as you get a new representative in there, uh, it's just like high school, just like drama in high school. That's what, did you, so did you listen to Tulsi Gabbard's interview with maybe it was Joe Rogan or Dave Rubin or something, but she was like, it was exactly like that. When she walked in, she's like, everyone had their little clicks. You had the old timers, and yeah, that was the Joe. That was that was her interview with Joe Rogan. Okay, yeah. yeah, and she was like, it was just like high school. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like that one song, "High School Never Ends." It just never ends, and it's so sad that said something so juvenile can rule people's lives. Exactly, but then the, that's I to me that's what's creating the issue because anytime you see it, you'll see Nancy Pelosi and AOC's Alexandria or Casio Cortez. You'll you'll see her name and Nancy Pelosi's name on the same bill, the same impeachment letter, the same whatever. She probably had no idea. Well, we know she had no idea what any of this meant before she got elected into office. And then she gets in and all of a sudden everything she does sides with Pelosi and Pelosi's the ringleader. But if we could get rid of that amount of time, then these older congressmen, women, are not going to have enough time to sway those newcomers to where now everything they do is completely one-sided so we can mix or change the whole playing field to where everything is more equal if you want to call it equal yeah because i think i honestly think the 
the reason we have the two-party system is because for the most part most of the ideas that drive america can be separated out into liberal conservative democrat republican ideas which are not bad they're not bad to have this 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 divisiveness and this this contention within within the the political system conservatives want to keep and hold on to what we've been working on and which is fine but sometimes we do it a little too much and then liberals want to change and improve but that's just great and fine but sometimes they want to do it too much and so i think in as a whole we kind of just kind of naturally divide into those two parties but it is so divisive right now and it's 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 not even not even comical at this point because we could used to be able to crack jokes and everything is not even comical it's very violent it's violent at times and so yeah maybe like just clearing clearing house resetting the the political system and not the system that sounds super revolutionary but but yeah yeah, I don't. I don't agree with the whole overthrow overthrow the government at oh, all. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't agree with that. I was not going for that. But something something needs to be established, whether it's term limits or some type of evaluation on this political leader, to where if they're not making, uh, I don't even know where to begin. It would be a tough tough call. Who would even make the evaluation? Because we already know it's not the people. Because they've been in for 47 years but you look at the the place they live or the the country they're living in and nothing's making a difference nothing's changing so where do we even begin but term limits really that's kind of to me that's where we would need to start to actually make a change or get enough people who go libertarian or the green party or completely independent to where they make it into office and we can just kind of throw them in here or there to where it's not so 50 50 we i don't think we need i don't think we can have 50 50 because then nothing nothing really gets done yeah the 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 issue with that though from what i understand is because we we don't have a parliamentary form of government where every sort of political party has a representation it's all kind of an all winner takes all sort of deal but having more people in there with different ideas would definitely shake things up for the better i think to where we can we can get newer ideas we can get these old timers and man we see it all the time in every organization these old timers they're just so set in their ways set in how they want to th- how they think things should get done which is fine to an extent but sometimes we just we gotta you gotta clean house you gotta just rotate the rotate the the dirt in the garden you know right so do you think that that term limit should apply like across the board to um government agencies and branches of government like the cia directors the fbi directors and or just for elected offices because there there is that there is also that the the idea that these people within these appointed positions are there for life and that is kind of our form of a totalitarian government and kind of like a chinese russia thing because they are in there for life unless something happens unless 
I I would say keep it to the elected officials because most of those appointed most of those appointed positions they're not in there long enough to even bring up the issue to those different departments. I mean, look at the FBI. I think what there was two different heads of the FBI while Trump was in office, so it, it's constantly rotating. And so I don't think it becomes as much of an issue. Maybe if it ever got to the point to where uh, the head of the CIA or the head of the FBI was in there for 30 years, then maybe. But most of the time, they've got to start from the bottom anyway. So technically, they'd already have been part of the FBI, the CIA, the, the Department of Justice, Department of Defense for 30 years before they even make it to that position. So they're probably planning on retiring as is. So I don't think most of the appointed positions really even become an issue except maybe the supreme court where they're in there until they die or they're no longer fit to to perform their duties that would be a good i think i I think we should go into more detail about that because i think there is also a difference between the appointed positions like the presidential cabinet and then the lifelong career people within those departments I think there is a difference, but that would be an interesting thing to kind of flesh out. But yeah, I agree with like the cabin. I guess that is true because they do kind of just rotate as as quickly or more quickly. Yeah, or more quickly. So interesting. Okay. Then. Okay. So. Along with that divide, it's clear that, um, especially what happened on what January 6th was that the date? The whole for the Capitol riots, yeah, the insurrection, yeah. quote unquote. That that direction, yeah, that does show that it's like we are divided in the fact that, like, what led up to that moment, right? It was all these questions about the election led up to the moment we took it to the courts the courts denied and we took it to like every single court that we could all the way up to the supreme court and none of them ruled really especially the supreme court they didn't rule they just ignored it and so it feels like people aren't being listened to and it just led to this tension about the whole voting integrity of of our country like what are your thoughts on on that on the whole voting integrity in the the election process i mean i think the way the election process works if it's done properly is the way it should be electoral college popular vote and then appointment and if we went towards more of what happened this last year actually dan crenshaw if you listen to it wouldn't be his most recent i'd have to go back and look at what what podcast it was but he talks about this and he talks about how if we went straight to an only a popular vote to where us the people are the only ones that have a matter in it we would see a lot more rioting a lot more pitchforks and torches coming down the road towards the the capital or towards the white house yeah Um, because we're already seeing that with this divide but we still have the electoral college in place Mm -hmm. where the way it works is as soon as the electoral colleges are um, uh, set to be official by the governor of each state, 
then that's what that's what goes. And this is the first time we've ever really seen it battled or um, taken to court in as in depth. And I I think the only way to solve that is we stay with an electoral college, electoral vote, but in person only. None of this online mail-in bullcrap. In person with voter ID, voter registration is the only way to properly do it, and that's how it should be. Okay. And that and that's yeah, I have a hard time with the the mail in it, it, it's super convenient, right? And that's kind of what was sold, especially and that's where I think the whole coronavirus thing was blown way out of proportion and they were thinking long term with this mail-in ballot that it was the perfect excuse to really push for an unprecedented amount of mail-in ballots and there's so much there's so many like gaps in that process because one it's it's, it's, it's new it, it's newer two it was on the biggest scale that we've ever had and three the post office like they they're not equipped for something like that and all sorts of other issues with that, that it was the perfect, it was the perfect failure in my mind for, for that kind of a voting, voting system. But kind of going back with your, um, with the electoral college, this is one thing I really hate with, um, with what people say is a threat to our democracy. We are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic with democratic functions. And that's that's what it is. That is what the electoral college is. Because if we did have a pure democratic society, like like you were saying, like Dan Crenshaw was saying, we would it's mob rule. That is that's the definition of a democracy, of a pure democracy is mob rule. The majority has the has the rule, and that's not representative by all people in the population. And so if we did get rid of the the electoral college, then yeah mob rule pitchforks and worse than than what we've already seen it's been pretty bad too well and i think the the starting problem is just people think the only vote that matters is for the president you've got to start on a local level it, it oh, starts in your state it does not start with the country your your senators your house of representatives inside your local state jurisdictions districts that's where the voting actually matters because they're the ones that determine the electoral vote yeah, and the electorates. I think that was a huge educational thing for everyone is when with Arizona and I think Arizona specifically is really understanding what electorates were and electorates are actual people that they can go with the, with the popular vote of, the, of their county, of their whatever district, or they can just vote however they want. Like right. what an electorate is, you, you elect these people hoping that they're going to represent you. that's that's why you that's why you elect them is is your hope yeah. that they're going to go with you as the people not for their own political or personal gain yeah and that's again that, that reinforces that we are a constitutional republic and not a democracy and did you hear that one guy that i can't remember where it was he couldn't recite the pledge of allegiance yeah i just heard about that today i don't i don't know where it was either but baffles my mind got hung up on the and to the republic for which it stands and 
to the republic for which he got hung up on that one portion I'm like that's because everyone's fed this bull bullshit that we're a pure democracy we're not we're not and we shouldn't be because that's not representative of people of all people right so and that would make you know it'd make more sense if you messed up on the pledge of allegiance now because they're no longer you know mandating that in your schools so maybe if you were eight years old and in 20 years you were going to <laughs> recite it you wouldn't know what it is but this is a an older an older individual and he couldn't recite it himself yeah, or themselves trying to remain gender gender neutral, uh, <laughs> gender neutral a here a woman my friend a woman Frick. All right. Um, did you have any other questions and anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, I mean, one of the biggest things right now that's going on with, uh, with this, uh, well, with the house is HR 127. Oh gosh. Let's hear. I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on 127. Oh, it is the most, it, it is the criminal's wet dream to have something like this to where they know exactly who has what guns, what kind of guns, where they are. And then on the whole fact that people are, I, I, I don't know, like I'm kind of, I'm stuck between more, maybe a more in-depth psychological evaluation for people. But when you start expanding that psychological evaluation to like ex-spouses and ex, like any sort of person you've associated with, I'm like, where does it end? Where does the whole evaluation end? I, I don't think, I think that's the idea is it's a never ending pipeline of people that they can evaluate and see if they can, until they find someone that like, oh, you knew this person in third grade and now they're a pedophile and a serial killer. And even though that's the only time you had an association with them, you can't have a gun because of that. Like, I think it just expands the, the possibilities of prohibiting people from having firearms. Well, like you said, I think that's what they're going for. That's why they threw the the ex-spouse in there is because they they're pretty sure the ex-spouse isn't going to say something decent or pleasant about exactly. the person trying to get a gun. What ex-spouse is not disgruntled to an extent? Like, why are they are ex-spoused? But yeah. blows my mind, baffles my mind that it's even brought up. I don't know if you read my post that I did the other day, and I might get you know we might get censored off the internet because I'm saying this, but. Our, our email already got like blocked for some reason and yeah i tried making two posts on the younger pubs and uh they blocked two of them you know i had to change some hashtags for them to actually send it through so that is that's it's ridiculous but, I, but I, no so instagram right yeah, yeah so you, you this post i put right so you look at it and you think about history which is one reason we might get censored is because i'm bringing up history and we don't talk about history yeah, shame because on you know the way it works um and then the other the other reason we might get censored is because i'm bringing up the word nazi okay so you go back to, to world war ii 1933 to 1938 they started implementing and establishing rules that the jews had to follow and one of these in 1938 was the the rule or the law that all jewish individuals had to um record and document to then pass on to the government their property and their property value that way whenever the nazis decided they wanted to raid whatever town these jews were living in they knew how much the town was worth and if it was even worth going into to raid or if it was just one that they wanted to drive a few tanks in and blow the place up 
and it's it's that same type of thing we're starting with these small laws you might not think it's a bad idea now to have a little bit stricter gun control but it is but you might not think it's a bad idea but then where where are we going to be in six years from now just like nazi germany when everybody was completely documented nobody was allowed to have their guns nobody was allowed to protect themselves and their freedom of speech was taken away freedom of press freedom of religion the fourth amendment here in america they the the nazis if they wanted to go in and and steal their milk if they wanted to go in and see what they had inside their house they had all the right to do so we have all these protections and and guides in place written in the constitution in the bill of rights to protect us from all of these things that i've just laid out and slowly our government is trying to take these away and it starts one small law at a time until they can get enough passed to where we can no longer do anything about it and we've become a communist country so quick and it's it's amazing how like the bill of rights the order that they are in is like the order of importance they're all important but the first thing they say is religion speech press we have already seen a like a limitation on religion here with this COVID-19. I don't think any church should have shut their doors at all. I don't care. Synagogues, like nothing. Press is obvious. That's a freaking obvious one. Um, I don't even go there. Oh, and then speech. That, that's that's kind of a newfound one with the this cancel culture and just the censoring and everything. And then... There's another reason we might get canceled. <laughs> exactly. Post this on YouTube. Great. But... um. And then, then it goes straight to guns. Like that is this number two. That's the second amendment because if they start doing that, amendment two is supposed to help protect those. And then all the other ones that, and it's just, it's it blows my mind. It's that whole concept of, what is it? Like weak men create bad times, bad times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men. It's just, we're in this cycle and we've had it so easy lately, so easy which is good to an extent, but we, we've forgotten a lot of the lessons that those hard times have taught people. And I think it's so interesting. So I'm, I'm like, I'm part Chinese and my ancestors left China like forever ago for a reason because of what it was becoming. And one of the first things communist China did was they prohibited the practice and use of martial arts. That was their equivalency of the second amendment. They prohibited kung fu they prohibited all these forms of kung fu and made it out they outlawed it why because it empowered the people to protect themselves from a tyrannical government that was their version of the second amendment and now look at that country hmm. like weird i don't right it's like like i said history repeats itself and it blows my mind it's like yes we have guns but until i don't know it's it's just sad that in this day and age we can allow history to repeat itself we allow it that's a yes that's that's that that's why i emphasize the word allow we allow it to happen you can literally go back through on your computer and probably find documents from 1776 that have been scanned and uploaded well we know we can because the constitution's on there weird right you can find documents older than that but let's just start with our country from 1776 you can find documents that outline why our government is established the way it's governed and then civil war happens and it's the exact same thing we've like you said we've had it good we had it really good up until now yeah i think 9-11 was the closest that our generation has had but of 
like how bad it can get. And that, that was a really cool time for the country in the unity aspect, because I think we were all on the same page. But I, we've we've already forgotten what that did. And then let's not even get to the whole Patriot Act and how they're trying to basically rebrand that into everything. But oh boy, when you can have when you can have someone that lives in America and say that the worst threat to America is not terrorists, it's not ISIS, but it's the police officers that protect and serve you while you walk into the Capitol building, there's something seriously wrong. And all they're doing is playing off the media, playing off the agenda of black versus white. And that's, that's, yeah. And that's, that's where our divide is, is biggest or largest right now is the different movements we have. I agree. People need to be treated equal. And that's why our country was established and people don't see it that way because the color of their skin, we have to look at them different. That's wrong. Completely wrong. Completely false. And, and how people in leadership rule roles in Congress who are African-American can say that Africans and African-Americans are just as oppressed or they can say that whatever origin, whatever you want to call it, how any of them are oppressed, but we have we have people in Congress who have become the vice president of the United States in all of these different racial diversities in the highest powers of our government, and we're still trying to claim oppression. It I don't know. It blows my mind. Blows it completely out of the water. That's kind of why I'm reading this book called Cynical Theories by James Lindsay and um, oh, I can't remember the the chick that wrote it with them but they 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 went into this huge basically a thesis about the social justice and postmodernism and and the the critical theories that are that started in the 1970s had an origin behind before that but really kind of launched in the 19 1960s 1970s and the hippie movement and it just, it just blows my mind it's it's that that's the long term game that these people have been playing is <clears throat> In, in implementing all these these slow little things that yeah initially i agree that a lot of people we, we need to treat people correctly and yeah just the common sense things but it's just taken to the extreme to where now we got to pay reparations and blah blah blah, blah. I'm like oh my gosh like ugh. yeah that's a we should we should talk about that one day the the critical theories that, that'll be a fun one We'll leave that for like episode three or four. <laughs> we won't that because I'm like, I, I love talking about that stuff. I hate it, but I love it. But division cool. needs to stop and unity needs to grow stronger. Well, it's, Not it's, unity it's, of a movement. Unity of we as the people of the United States needs to grow. Well, it blows my mind of what, what people consider unity too. It's like unity is basically do what I say or this is how it's being being branded and marketed is do what i say or that's not unifying i'm like no that is called an abusive relationship i don't know if i did that with my wife she would be pretty pissed and it's it, yeah like, you're this close to jail exactly <laughs> this like it's it's give and take on both sides but that's not how it's being marketed it's being okay it's being marketed as that but is that's not how it's being implemented is 
fall in line or else. And that's, that's where I have a problem with the term unity and everything. I'm like, oh my gosh, because it's not, it's, that's not what it is right now. It's very oppressive. Yeah, I don't know. What are your what are your thoughts? We'll ask this really quick. What are your thoughts on uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa still rioting in in DC? They're still rioting in DC. Yeah, did you not hear about that? I did not hear about that. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, as of as of February sixth, there were still riots going on, or hold on, peaceful protests happening peaceful. in uh, in Washington DC. Well, yeah, BLM Incorporated, that is just, and that's, they, they've weaponized language to the extreme to where Black Lives Matter, a very agreeable term, a very agreeable concept. Yes, Black Lives Matter. They have weaponized it in such a way that if you disagree with the incorporation, you therefore disagree with Black Lives Matter. And it's like, we were just watching Monsters uh, University the other day and they're doing a like one of the the bad guys they're doing a fundraiser for charity making fun of the 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 heroes in the in mike, mike wazowski and his little crew they're making fun they're making a charity off of making fun of them and mike wazowski's on you got to stop doing this because it's it's not fun he's like you want us to stop making money for charity and like that's the same kind of concept like oh my gosh it's a very agreeable term but they weaponized it and utilized it to where i don't agree with blm incorporated it's a very marxist organization i highly doubt anyone that wants socialism has actually sat down and read the communist manifesto and actually knows how um chaotic and revolutionary not in the good sense but the bad sense of tear down and rule from the ashes that that manifesto is well, we saw how good it worked in Seattle. So yeah, with Chaz and or Chops or whatever they changed it. Both. To. Yeah. Who knows? Which that that's an irony in itself. They're so anti-fascist that they hate guns and hate walls. What's the first thing they do? They they create establish walls and have guns. Guns to guard the walls. I'm like, if that is not a case study in itself of how hypocritical these organizations are, I don't know what is. But I did not hear that they are still writing. That does not surprise me. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't looked into it today, but as of February 6th was the last time. So two days ago, they were still out there in the streets. That's just, that's, that's sad that that is not reported, but all these other things are, these mostly peaceful protests standing in front of a burning building. That's just, that just blows my mind. Something, something will happen. <laughs> one, one day. One day. Cool. So I guess should we wrap this up? Do you have anything else? Yeah, sure. No. I mean, unless you have any other questions, comments, concerns. No, I think we hit some pretty divisive topics. Maybe not in the most coherent manner, but I think we got some good ideas on the ground. And um, so for everyone listening, follow us at, <clears throat> on Instagram, Facebook, and locals.com all at young repubs or the young repubs and yeah please feel free to comment and question and add respectfully to the conversation and community and we'll see you guys next week all right where the freak is the pause button